0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Corgi Town USA. As always, I'm Candy, host and owner of Corgi Town. In my lapish chuckles, our spokescorg
1: hi i'm kat and at my side is digby my little corgi digby the doof digby the doof
0: and we have booger in studio he is enjoying torturing her
1: yes he thinks it's
0: his girlfriend yes (laughs) booger does not agree
1: booger does not agree
0: unrequited (laughs) But we have Mortimer who uh, has been bugging Digby and then Digby has been bugging Booger. So it's a nice little.
1: It's a nice little thing. And Hammer just hangs out away from everyone.
0: Hammer doesn't like all the noise. Yes. Hammer's over it. (laughs) But we have the whole Corgi committee here. Happy Mm -hmm. to be here for you every week. All things Corgi and dog lifestyle. And I ended up finding someone on TikTok who is a tech in a veterinary practice. And I've been wanting to get uh, more professionals in uh, the veterinary community yes. on our show to kind of talk about health and breeding and things like that and stuff that kind of affects all of us as parents. Yeah. And so I was excited that um, this lovely young lady was going to come on, but we're going to talk a little bit about breeds, pedigree, health, testing, that kind of thing, uh, sort of what makes a well-bred dog and uh, why it's important, what you should look for, things like that. Exactly.
1: It it doesn't matter what you pay for the dog. If you're buying from a breeder, it matters who the breeder is Mm -hmm. and what the lineage is. So we're going to find out more about that and the testing and, and so many other things that we talked about, but yeah, let's hear it from a vet tech. Let's hear it from somebody who sees this every
0: day. Yes. For better or for worse. Yeah. So please welcome Lindsay Hustler. Lindsay, welcome. Hi. 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 Thanks so Thanks. much for spending your afternoon, evening with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, yep. of course. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Well, we uh, value your time, so we will uh, get straight to the point. Here. Jump right in. Yes. Um, so I discovered you on a video you did about uh, healthy, well-bred dogs. And uh, what really uh, resonated with me we talk a lot here on corgi town about how to find the right breeder what you should look for uh we're very careful about not recommending any one no. breeder because we don't we don't want it to seem like there's collusion or that you know we never want to be incentivized um we just try to give our audience listener viewer uh, what to look for if you want a corgi mm-hmm. and the kind of tests they should need um so and so important what to ask that breeder what, what
1: questions we don't ask the right questions
0: well some of us do some of us don't and then sometimes right. we think we've got it and even though you research we still don't so one of the things that you said that really resonated with me is you said that in your practice that you don't see a lot of well bred dogs. And you, I think you mentioned that you think it's because people can't find those breeders. And do you mind kind of, sorry about our camera equipment. We have five quarters <laughs> in the studio. So it's happened several episodes where we lose equipment. We yes. go dark, but we, come back, so. <laughs> but if you don't mind um, touching on that about the well bred dogs and uh, people, you're not know, seeing a lot of them.
2: Yeah. So I think that I could probably count on one hand, the number of well-bred dogs that I've seen come into clinic. Wow. Um, and I do think part of it is people don't know where to go. They don't know how to look for them, what questions to ask. Um, and I do think a little bit of it too, is like viewer bias. Um, I see, you know, healthy, well-bred dogs are less likely to come in, you know, they don't, well, they're not going to have as many problems. Right. Um, so it is sad. It wasn't until I started getting more involved that I got to see how different a well-bred dog is compared to what I see
1: every day.
0: Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. That's, oh gosh, that's, that breaks <laughs> my heart. That breaks my heart though. Yeah. That they're now, you're not seeing I, a lot of
1: them. I have a question on that. It is it that the, that the dogs that are coming in that are supposed to be purebred, well-bred or not? Or are you mixing in with their with with that statement, um, mixed breeds that are basically you know pound dogs or you know this dog in the neighborhood went mm-hmm. with. Well, the I think she meant thing.
0: purebred specifically, right? Specifically, specific- yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. I wanted to clarify
1: I, that both myself and the audience.
2: Yeah, I live I live in Ohio, um, which unfortunately okay. is very puppy, puppy mill central. So we do get a lot of yes. purebred dogs, but they're not really very well bred. <laughs> hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, they we, uh wasn't that one of the states. So we just had Melissa on with mm-hmm. East Coast Corgi Rescue and uh and I'm sure you know this being in veterinary practice that the the shelters are full, rescue groups are full. Everybody's yes. kind of at the end of the rope. A, a lot of people had these covid puppies um various and sundry reasons of how we've we've gotten to this state of not good for rescues and um No. Yeah shelters, but uh, she was talking specifically about how, I believe she said three states didn't Pennsylvania,
1: have- Ohio, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and somebody else.
0: Pennsylvania, Ohio, and yeah. Um, but th- there were three states specifically that were sort of in near regions that didn't have regulations on breeding. Correct. And that was probably part of it. It's not enforced, not paid attention to. So.
2: Yeah, they're like, I think within 30 minutes of me, there are five Petland stores. So we have a lot of
0: those kind of puppy sales. So, right. Yeah. Well, and and part of it too, I I will say this, it's, it's, I hate to say the word ignorance, but, you know, as I was growing up, it wasn't a big thing to go to the pet store and buy a dog. You want to, you go to, how much is that doggy in the window? You go and you buy it, but now we have. You know awareness that what's been going on with pet stores is not good <laughs> that uh that you know that doesn't necessarily mean you're really getting what you you are purchasing because mm-hmm. i've talked to people who have purchased pet store dogs and decided to do genetic testing and turns out they're not even what they thought they want. Yeah. right um, among the myriad of other problems that you have but um without getting too far off topic, uh, talking about, which I'm really good. Candy is really good at taking long roads to simple thoughts and driving <laughs> us off the rails, um, for health testing. So we talk about, you know, there, there are so many different diseases and breeders will tell you, even if you test for a disease, there'll always be another disease. And yes, we know this is part of geneticism and being a living life form. But, um, we recommend a handful of tests for Corgi specifically because that's, like my yes. area of, um, and that's uh, EIC, exercise induced collapse, VWD, uh, Von Willebrand disease, which is a bleeding disorder, mm-hmm. and degenerative myelopathy. And those yeah. are the three kind of the really big ones that tend to be prevalent in the corgi breed. So we tell people, at minimum, of course, there are others, um, OFA, uh, hip and eye regulations, and things like that. Uh, but we tell people that those are like the three big ones in corgis. So from your perspective, uh, we, we always say, please don't, at the very minimum, don't get from a breeder that doesn't do health testing. So mm-hmm. will you tell us why you think that's important? You know, it's, it's a kind of a rabbit hole, but in a succinct way. Yeah, um, so
2: I guess in like the simplest way, it, it's important to me because I think that if you're breeding, um, you should be trying to create healthier dogs. And you can't do that if you're not doing these health testings um, and, and not knowing what you're going to be passing on. Um, so breeding to make sure that you're only breeding you know, clear to clear or even carrier to clear to make sure you're not breeding effective dogs um, is, is of the utmost importance because then your puppy buyers know what they're getting themselves into. And they know they won't have to worry about that. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean there's so much more that could go into that, but sure. the simplest, shortest, yeah.
0: Yeah. You want yeah, that, that makes sense. And I, I like that you yeah. said you were talking about kind of well bred versus not well bred. I have evidence of that in my household. Mm-hmm. Um because I have rescues. Yes. And I Chuckles is, you know, Mortimer's what Kat calls my accidental pregnancy. Somebody had a puppy and um and I, you know, I was lucky enough to get Mortimer. Um, but Mortimer I didn't plan for. Mortimer found me. Um Chuckles is really, aside from my first Corgi, the most precious boy there ever was, Chuckles is the first one that's like my designer bread health tested champion bloodline, et cetera, et cetera. Like I had to search for his breeder to make Mm -hmm. sure that we had the evidence of the testing, OFA certified, all of these things. It's, Um, he's the first one that I, I willfully went and did that. And you can tell Chuckles is beautiful. His coat is gorgeous. He's got a great temperament. He's a great dog, uh, smart, intelligent, easy to train, picks up well, um, case in point, we do these episodes and we back record and he sits in my lap quietly, mostly quietly, um, for for hours at a time. Yeah. Um, but Booger is a rescue that when I got her, I don't think she had ever been inside.
1: No. She, Probably
0: not yeah, and she wasn't potty trained, and she was supposed to be two when I got her uh we she was so we thought she was fat, we thought she was overweight, she was so inundated with fleas that it was flea dirt in her coat, and when we dipped her, she was actually quite thin that's how that's how infested she was wow. her teeth were black yeah we have most yep. most of her teeth are removed um, and now she's having some chronic issues that we're not real sure what is uh, like exactly autoimmune type stuff. she's her paws swell she can't walk long distances mm. and you can look at her and tell her she's not well conformed no nope. um, she's just her poor little body. Um, she's not a well-bred dog you can tell she's a sweetheart huge heart uh, wonderful little lady, but you can look, if you take Chuckles next to Booger, you see the best of the best and the worst of the worst, unfortunately. Unfortunately, Yeah. yeah. Um, So I love that you, you bring that up. And can you tell us as we're talking about this, the difference between health tested and vet checked?
2: Yeah. So um, what I think of when somebody says my dogs are vet checked, it's, you know, you go to the vet for your annual exam you know, they, they listen to the heart and lungs, of the stethoscope. Maybe they do like CBC, chemistry, blood panel, but probably not much else. And your vet says, oh, they look fantastic. They're great. Um, clean bill of health. That's vet checked. And it doesn't really tell you much about the inner workings uh-huh. of the dog, their genetics, their structure. Okay. Um, but, but health testing um, is much more like specialized. Uh, So it would be like your radiographs taken of your hips, your elbows, shoulders, or knees, whatever, and sent off to be looked at by an orthopedic specialist. Um, It would be an exam with a board-certified ophthalmologist to look at eyes or a cardiologist for the heart. Um, So specialty checks of the different parts of the body um, specific to the breeding question.
0: Her house sounds like ours. I know it. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I She's in a golden
0: so loud also very talkative yeah, yes yeah. We're, used to, we're used to borks. we are we're a corgi podcast. We're going to have some talkative, so yeah <laughs> well, I love that you bring that up specifically on um and i so i do I do have questions about that. so you talk about special specialists, and we just had mm-hmm. an um a gentleman that runs a uh, society for, for cancer in dogs, canine cancer. And he was telling us about how specialized care are needed for certain conditions. And he was talking about cancer specifically, but was yeah. talking about how um, you would go to a dog oncologist. If you knew you were facing cancer, you don't want your mm-hmm. general practitioner. Are there, you know, we talk about health tests for, before breeding, just like the DME, I see things like that. Um, are there any specific, things that should be looked at when you talk about testing for um, testing with a specialist. What I mean is we know that corgis should be, if you don't have the history, like on my rescues, there's a big possibility they could be DM affected or at risk. Mm -hmm. Um, But for just dogs in general, I mean, what would you recommend for someone that checked is good. Always do that when you get a dog, be it a rescue or a puppy. Um, but are there are there certain concerns that you really want to focus on as we're talking about this? See, long road to a simple thought. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> I don't really think there's like a one size fits all for like every right. breed. Right. Um, just because they have so many varying problems. I think a solid base, if you are going to have an active dog, like that you're going to do a lot of things with, hips is always a good one to have. Sure. The radiographs of that Matt looked at um you know dna can be helpful but not always because a lot of the times they're not very like breed specific um but i don't think there's like a one-size-fits-all It very much depends like i would never touch a golden breeder that didn't do cardiac but that's not a concern with siberian huskies um so it really just depends yeah
0: so it kind of goes back to research your breed right Research your breed. See what's. Um, again, we talk about the big three with the corgis. Um, any breeds are going to be more susceptible to some things than others. And I didn't know about the the cardiac with goldens. I didn't know that that was a concern. Yes, yeah. I didn't. So thank so, you for sharing that. So
1: where yeah, is yes. a good where is a good research source besides Google, which may or may not be accurate? <laughs> Google don't Google's
0: not accurate. The left- Google don't strike me down dead. <laughs> That's what my degree is in. <laughs>
1: Um, So
2: my favorite, I like the like breed parent club. If you know what breed you want, Um, they always have information about the most common uh, health concerns and they'll list out what health testing they like is what they recommend or require to be a part of the club. Um, And then the OFA website actually has a searchable, you can go in and pick the breed and it'll give you all of their chick requirements and then ones that they recommend but aren't required. Um, so I like to cross-reference those if I'm researching.
1: Sounds good.
0: Yeah, and, and good structure for, by and large, fends off things like um, arthritis for later yes, in life, yeah. from what I understand.
2: So my second oldest husky, has he has his OFA testing done, um, and the hardest part is finding um, a good vet to do it, because positioning matters. Like. You have to. It's very precise. um, That way they can get a perfect angle of those hips. Um, But they take it and then they send the image off. It's not like a terribly long process um, once you find the vet that can do it and do it properly. Mm -hmm. Um, But finding your other specialist, that definitely can take a little longer because they are often harder to get into than somebody that can take x-rays.
0: Yeah, you have a you have a higher demand than you do supply. Mm-hmm. Yes, with your specialist. So, Lindsay,
1: you've got two, let's say, identical corgis sitting, you know, one next to another. One is well bred, one is not. How you're a vet tech, you're in the vet office. You see something different than the average person sees. We see two adorable corgis. Mm-hmm. They both look fine. What is it that you're seeing that we? the average parent is not seeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, other than at this point, I can usually tell a difference between
2: general structure, facial features, because um, hmm. when you know, you can kind of tell that dog looks well-bred, that looks like the standard, that one doesn't. Um, but just like from, if you know, if you don't know that kind of thing, if they looked identical, what I would be worried about most with the, not well bred one would be, you know, like uh, intervertebral disc disease, um, like back issues, that kind of stuff um, that. And I feel like a lot of the not well bred ones tend to be chunkier, but <laughs> um, but that that would be the, the biggest thing I would look for. Um, you notice stru- in the structure. structural structural issues, especially with okay. those short legged long back dogs. You, you want that good structure. It's important. Yeah, of course yeah
0: yeah that's yeah and that i love that because that's i mean we talk about like in our house we're used to looking at corgis i'm used to looking at corgis we have so many corgi friends and i i recognize that as well that you Mm -hmm. describe um and i will see i will see people post in the groups and then we will run into corgis and i can kind of tell and gosh Gosh, I sure hope their breeder did the right thing. It's usually what goes through my mind. Right. Um, but yeah, that's you can yes. look at Booger and you can look at Chuckles, and you can definitely see very distinct differences. And you can yes. know, you now she's older, but you can look and tell that he's healthier and has comes from a better, you know, absolutely bloodline. So so I love that we were talking about this. Um I did. I did want to ask, so as we're talking about it, we're talking about what structure will breed looks like. this is kind of a debate with the, um, the adopt, don't shop crowd. And I've said it before when people tell me adopt, don't shop, I will say, yes, please adopt. If you can, I never argue. I'm always pro adoption. I've adopted several, but I also have breeder purchase. And so I think the, the, um, what the focus is, is, is purchasing from a good breeder. And then that's kind of where the debate comes up. Uh, right. pedigree schmedigree. <laughs> and that's kind of the, the argument you get. So to you working in your practice and, um, in the veterinary medicine, what, why do you think um, pedigree is so important?
2: Um, so I'm going to use my personal favorite breed as an example. Um, so sure. I love Siberian Huskies.
0: Yeah. Um, yep.
2: So they have they have their two health tests, the tips and eyes. Those are really the only things that are testable that are prevalent. Um, the other issue that you can run into sometimes is epilepsy. There is no test for epilepsy. Of but course. what you can do is trace it through lineage. So if you don't have... lineage to trace you have no idea whether you're carrying that and whether you're going to pass it on and it is a devastating disease i have friends that have dogs with it and it's it's horrible to watch um i wouldn't wish that on anybody so issues like that that you cannot trace or well you can trace visually but cannot test for um or why i think it is important on top of just you know overall breed preservation um those those types of health issues are why I think that pedigrees are very important.
0: Yeah, and that's and so is ep- epilepsy very common among that b- particular breed, the Huskies.
2: It's not like super common. Um, I you know I, I know a couple of dogs with it, but it's very it's it's something that's easily bred away from. But um, is it? There are a handful of not so savory breeders who don't seem to care um so it does pop up from time to time because you
0: know yeah that's well and we've we've had some conversations about that about um pedigree and uh, preservation breeders we love our preservation breeders yes um but even some of the preservation breeders mm-hmm. um tend to hold other markers more important than others and mm-hmm. uh there are some out there that will breed like probably epilepsy maybe but also dm at risks yeah, you know, and you put the litter at risk. So those are things that um asking those questions, I think, of your breeder, very important. Um, mm-hmm. documentation is important because anybody can say, Yeah, we test for those.
1: <laughs> well, yes. did they tell
0: did they tell you that they tested negative that the that the litter is not at risk? Can they give you <laughs> documentation? Right. Proof. Yeah. Yeah. Get the proof, especially when you're paying and Kat, you had mentioned about price. I mean, it's kind of all over the board as far as prices. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But in my experience, it doesn't, one is more or less expensive, does not necessarily mean that you're getting better or worse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You've seen some of the, um, and I throw the Amish under the bus, they treat animals as commodity and they often crossbreed and they do things like that. So those typically are not well-bred dogs because they don't do any of the testing um but i mean you know you've seen you've seen things like this and i'm glad that you're bringing it to us to our attention these are questions you need to ask if you are paying for the dog the amish breeder might charge you the same thing that the preservation breeder might you are getting two Mm -hmm. very different (laughs) pedigrees two very different Mm -hmm. levels of health So Mm -hmm. it's not so much about price, but definitely if you're going to get a puppy from a breeder, it's not just the price of the dog that you want to factor in. It's also that you're going to have vet bills and you want to buy premium quality food and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All these things, preventative care. And so uh, talking about breeders pedigrees, uh, we've all heard, and Lindsay, you actually brought this to my attention, um, that mutts are hardier. Mutts are healthier. For some reason, mutts are healthier. I've heard it. I'm sure you've heard it. I've heard it. Um, But you do you agree with that? What do you think? Do you have any idea why that came to be?
2: So I definitely, I don't agree with it as just like generalized statement. I think that when you say it, you kind of have to have that thought process of, well, yeah, purebred doesn't mean well-bred because yeah, sure. Maybe a mutt would be healthier than just a backyard bed purebred, but I wouldn't consider them to be healthier than a well-bred dog Um, just because, you know, over a wild bred dog, like we've said, they take the time to make sure the structure is is correct and healthy, and they do the health testing, and they make sure that they are breeding unrelated pedigrees. Mm-hmm. Um, mutt's don't have anybody taking that kind of care, right? Um, you know, they can be free breeding to their brother, or their sister, um, you know, any mix under the sun, bringing in. Uh, problems of that breed and while they may be at less risk for those uh, hereditary recessive disorders they still could be breeding in things that are you know not hereditary recessives like sure about bad bad hips um I, I know there was like one study that touched on it that they had um, a higher rate of like acl tears which is
0: mm.
2: is something that i hate to see happen to people that have very active dogs because yeah. it just puts them on crate rest for Six plus weeks, yep. Um, so bad with porgies, too. Yeah, yeah, it's It parties.
1: just
2: you yeah, know, nobody's taking fantastic. any care with those mixes being bred, so you don't know what you'll get. Um, you could get the healthiest dog ever, but you could get just a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's
0: the the Very true. roll of the dice there. Yeah, I'm glad that you dispelled that statement, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we've all kind of heard it, and you're right. And I mean, I think part of that, too temperament right because when you have uh dogs that weren't mindfully bred or even purposefully bred then you've you can't really account for temperament you don't know what's in that dog's background and you know all these unfortunately dog fighting rings and things you get a lot of backyard breeding for that because they want to breed dogs and it's it's real ugly as you are well aware unfortunately most of us are Mm -hmm. but um but yeah it's also temperament so not just health but temperament as well yes yes responsiveness, temperament, uh, all those things. Training, intelligence. Yeah. Intelligence. The
1: ability ability to train.
0: Yeah. I think intelligence is really important because, um, you know, people say, oh, dumb dogs are funny or whatever. But the thing is, to me, intelligence is important because you want to teach your dog behaviors that will keep them safe.
1: Yes. And if they're
0: not very intelligent, it takes a really long time for them to catch up. It's harder for you to keep them safe because they don't Mm -hmm this is true This is true. (laughs) you can't teach them so i do
2: i agree with all of what you brought up um because i think one of the big reasons for me that i chose to buy well-bred dogs is the predictability and all things across the board i knew what i was getting you know it's written out for you in that standard
0: right yeah and that's kind of some of that research too absolutely Mm -hmm. it's like not i mean buying dogs is different than buying cars these are these are companions not a yeah. thing to be used but when you research anything for purchase you look at you'll look at things like reviews and histories and recalls because you want to say what is the worst that could happen and could i deal with this mm-hmm. and with right. animals it's a little bit different because oh, they're yeah, your companions you love heartbreaking them heartbreaking and you're right but you still want to look at okay if i rescue a corgi because i keep rescuing corgis you know it they could be dm at risk and that may be something that we have to handle right you don't have that history Mm. you know so it's kind of the same thing but you know chuckles is not supposed to be at risk we have documentation that that's not one of the problems to you know so that's kind of I I, yeah i was gonna say
1: as much as you want to you want to test you want to have someone like Lindsay look at the dog that could immediately see you know, there's a structural problem here. There's not a structural problem here. Have the vet look at it. Uh, do all those things. And I mean, my living proof is with a human and everything is fine. And something happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of those mm-hmm. life. You know, it's things. one of those. Hey, life just kicked you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is. Ju- it,
1: I would say. It, I think, you know, we, where I hear the um, where I hear the saying that uh, mutts are healthier are from people who just like to go to the pound, like to find that dog that they love and cherish so much. And even if that mutt wasn't healthy, it, it doesn't deter them. Um, you know, well, like- and they're healthy now because now they're loved and Right. And better. And, <laughs> and yeah. And, and I think, you know, or they just, you know, Hey, look, my mutt is healthier and you just spent, you know, 1500, 3000, whatever dollars. And, you know, and you've got all these problems with your dog and I don't have any of these problems with my dog or you're expecting problems with the dogs, whatever you do. And I keep saying this, but you know, whatever you do, whether you're getting a well-bred dog, uh, a rescue dog, just, no. Leap is going to happen.
0: whatever happens is gonna happen and we are love that dog but you know with the genetic testing you shouldn't have to um deal with some of the things that we know that we can control which exactly the dm argument we don't have all of like for instance because we've learned the most about that yes um you know you don't know just because uh just because the litter's at risk does not mean they're going to develop it that's one of the justifications we hear right Mm -hmm. and we say but if you know for sure, even though the research isn't all out on that, but you know for sure you could one hundred percent prevent a litter that was at risk. That I have yeah. not been convinced otherwise. Right. You know. And yeah. we did learn from um, Melissa because again, I'm I'm very pro rescue, I'm very pro adoption, um, but I'm not anti breeder. I'm anti backyard breeder and anti puppy mill. Mm-hmm. And we've learned from uh, Melissa that these. Uh, Dogs that come from well-bred bloodlines don't wind up in shelters hardly ever, unless there was something that um, happened. There was a death or a sick or an illness and, you know, the family stepped in. It's typically things like that. But uh, this is a myriad of reasons. One, because good breeders will take back puppies if something happens. Yes. And find them new homes. Um, two, it's because typically they're well-bred. They should have, be health, happier, healthier, have fewer behavioral problems and be more manageable and fit in homes and lifestyles better, so you have less of a chance of them coming back for behaviors. And uh, there, but those were kind of some of the things we've kind of learned that, um, you know, when you make good breeder and uh, you get one that does the testing, that you aren't causing a problem of shelters and things being full because you buying from a preserved bloodline. And Melissa, the good breeders can't keep with the yeah, demand.
1: Very true. Very so true. that
0: right there should tell us that 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 may be. Very so, very So Lindsay, I
1: purchased a dog from a breeder, whatever, breed, corky. Uh I come into your office and hey, I think that this is a well-bred dog. I mean, the salesperson slash breeder just told me that this is a well-bred dog. I find it's expensive.
0: out expensive, it's cute. Yeah, yeah.
1: I find out it's not. What next? What what happens? What do we look for? What next?
2: Like if you were wanting to do or um, to get she, a well
1: bred one next, you mean?
2: Or if no. she was
1: in your if she was in your office, I'm in your with office. I find out that the that the puppy love of my life is not who I thought he was. Mm-hmm. You, didn't know, you didn't know. You didn't know about
0: life? no. It's the puppy <laughs> in your life.
1: You didn't. He's not who you thought he was. He's uh, she's not the well bred dog he thought she was. Now what do i do i'm i'm mom i'm -hmm. i'm the parent i this is my baby what should we look for what should we do differently
0: not maybe not differently but how do you proceed how do you proceed yeah yeah
2: Yeah. so i i always like to tell people that a dog being poorly bred does not mean it has to be poorly loved um you know poorly bred dogs they they make they can make great pets um, and you know it's not anything against the dogs themselves it's just you sure know can. in the future that's not a breeder we want to support yeah um, right.
0: people get this people yes yes and my advice
2: would always be to you know look into those most common breed issues mm-hmm. purchase insurance which I would recommend that either way my dogs all have it it's just a you know good yeah. blanket safety net to have yeah. um, but look into those issues so that you can you know try to prevent any like um structural concerns because a lot of that some of that is environment um mm-hmm. so you can do what you can to aid that um insurance and then you know just not you know not breed it because <laughs> I know some people want right. to do that with their, their little perfect puppy but um
0: <laughs> yes please don't <laughs> please don't yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah it well and again that's another earmark of a good breeder um you're gonna sign a that you're going to get that dog altered that yes. you are going to get that dog spayed or neutered that's um all of the good breeders do that the, the mm-hmm. it's a it's a spay or neuter contract so and you know cat would never get rid of the dog or say it wasn't a good dog oh gosh no i think the no. question for anybody answering that that's you know if you, if you do end up buying one say oh well i didn't know i thought this was a good breeder and then you find out that you didn't get um, accurate health testing. And that happens, right? People so- think, oh, this is a good mm-hmm. breeder. They got the recommendation. They get the dog. Um, turns out they don't have the health test they thought they did. So we could be at risk of some of these things. Um, and the conf- they go to the vet and they say, oh, that confirmation is really not good. You're going to have to keep their throws low when you play ball, um, you know, all these different things. Um, and that happens. And so I'm glad you asked the question because, yeah. you know, um, and that's a good answer, Lindsay. Right. And do the research on, OK, well, you find out that it wasn't as, as well bred as you thought. Do the research on what the uh, big at risk factors are and just be prepared. And I like what you said. Purchase insurance. Um, give yourself <laughs> a little peace of mind so that you yeah. you have a cushion um, <laughs> if you end up needing More medical, such like our house. (laughs) Very much. Matter of fact, I can't believe ours aren't barking back. Shh. (laughs) Hush. (laughs) Well, we should probably uh, let Lindsay go and let yes. her to those puppies. And yeah. uh, thank you so much for spending a lot a, of great information. Yeah, this is wonderful. No, too. And we can't appreciate you too much or we can't, we appreciate you so much. We can't say thank you enough <laughs> for coming on. And I know I'm scatterbrained. I think I need to eat lunch. My blood sugar is low. I get real silly. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to come on and explain yes. all this to us and educate us and hope you have a great evening. Yes, thank you so much. I hope you guys have a good afternoon. I guess there. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you. Give those puppies yes. some some belly scratches for us. Yes, absolutely. I absolutely will. <laughs> all right, thank Thanks you, Lizzie, for, for being night. on. Thank, thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, I guess I'm not a very good podcaster today because I'm like tongue-tied and messing up yeah, words and.
1: <laughs> it's all good. Our Brain. guest, our guest was wonderful, and that's really yes. all that counts.
0: I know. I ho- we hope we hope you it. find this important. We we it's never to shame anyone no um it's never to shame anyone for um maybe you bought a dog and it wasn't the breeder you thought you sometimes you don't know and you may not know that health testing is important anybody listening i feel like a lot of our audience does but sometimes you don't and you decide you want a dog and you read that you can get from a breeder um i tend to as Lindsay was talking about those pet stores i tend to discourage pet stores because they're not always forthcoming with where the dog comes from. They can tell you things they don't, aren't necessarily true. I've seen evidence of it. I'm yes. not saying they all do that, but I would say pet store, not so much. Breeder, you get to typically pick out your puppy or at least uh, be on a list. And um, when they're old enough, they'll let you handle them. And the breeder, the good breeders will educate you thoroughly Yeah, on what you're getting into as well. I think the
1: I, I think the bottom line is absolutely you want that health insurance. I mean- we need it for us humans, the the health insurance because you don't know what's gonna happen. You want it for your dog because you don't know what's gonna happen. Um and that
0: bills are expensive.
1: A, that bills are expensive. You want to have the testing done. Um and just keep especially hire doctor-
0: a specialist. Yeah. Especially if you do have to end up seeing like an orthopedic specialist. Or- yeah. Yeah.
1: And just keep, you know, hey, we go to the doctor at least once a year. We as women go to our special doctor once a year to make sure <laughs> that you know, everything is working for us. <laughs> let's let's make sure that we're doing that for our pets, for our, our little fur babies. I'm always at the vet. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's <laughs> excessive but.
0: I have some geriatric and special rescues This is, true. This that is have very true. Problems. But yes, we hope that you enjoyed this episode and we hope that you learned something from it. Um, thank you so much for listening. Again, we are not doctors or medical professionals. However, the person that we had on today um, does work in a vet office and gave us some very good information to use as baseline advice. And we hope that we are bringing you good content. We're here for you every Thursday. All things Corgi Dog Lifestyle. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you're. Um, most preferred is like and subscribe this video if you enjoyed it or listen on your favorite podcast yes. platform. We hope you have a good night, you and your corgi family and honorary corgi family uh, from Chuckles and Candy and Cat and Digby and Bug and Ham and Mortimer Barnabas. Have a good night. Have a good night. See you next Bye. week.